It's become a bit of a trend to use the word adult as a verb, kind of like in these billboards that I've been seeing around San Diego that say, no adulting allowed, right? Adulting as a verb. Now, I don't remember what these billboards are advertising, uh, but I suppose it must be something that's supposed to be fun, right? And, well, adulting isn't very fun. And so I get the strategy, right? There's a part of everyone that uh, just kind of wants to be like Peter Pan and, and never grow up. But the reality is that that's not natural, right? And it's not our calling. We are called to transition from childhood to adolescence to adulthood. But that transition can be really hard, right? And advertising campaigns that say things like no adulting allowed make it even harder. Who wants to be a boring old adult, Okay, so how do you transition into adulthood? Scott Schimmel started the U-School several years ago to help kids make that transition. He and his team help students, families, and others who are in times of transition work through five key questions to help them along that process. The questions that they help them work through are these. What do you believe in? Who are you becoming? What's your mission? How are you going to contribute, and who do you belong to? As you listen to those questions, you can hear that it's really a process of identity formation, which, when it comes down to it, is also a process of spiritual formation. Uh, This is a really great interview. I think you're going to enjoy it, this interview with Scott Schimmel of the U-School. I'm Marcus Watson, and this is Episode 30 of Spiritual Life and Leadership. Scott Schimmel, uh, what's your title? Something, uh, something of you school. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am the president and chief guide. The last time I checked, president and chief guide of the U School. Okay, good. I want to hear about U School in just a minute, but um, uh, let me ask you a couple of quick get to know you questions, and then we'll yeah. talk about you and U School and what you do and all that. Um, uh, Scott, what would a mirror opposite of yourself be like? Well, certainly handsome. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think you're quite attractive. <laughs> My mom says I have the face for podcasts. Um, what would the mirror opposite of me look like? Uh, well, not look like necessarily, but be oh, like. be like. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, probably terse, to the point, overly mm. direct, <laughs> not interested in relationships, mm. Very boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Self-centered. All the negative qualities. <laughs> oh, okay, right, right. Because you're quite awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, okay, next question. What's the most formative book uh, you've read? The one, the, the the book of all time is Divine Conspiracy, mm. Dallas Willard. There's yeah. other ones that pop up in that timeline yeah. of reading, but yeah, that's the one. That's the one I say, that question of, if you had to go to a desert island and one yeah. book, it would be yeah, that. Yeah. And I've read it yeah. so many times now, I could probably quote some passages. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. that book. Uh, this mm. is not the first time that book has come up as the most formative mm. book. Yeah. That's cool. Um, not surprising. Um, and then uh, third question, what's something that you might very likely be wrong about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. I, You know, I might be wrong in um most things (laughs) so how do i pick 
um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what comes to mind. I think um, I'm willing to be wrong yeah, quite yeah. a bit. So yeah. it doesn't provoke any anxiety. I kind of typically assume I'm wrong, Yeah, actually. Uh, my parenting style, um, my theology, mm-hmm. um, the way I live in the world, the, the kind of things I'm trying to create in the world. I might be wrong. This might yeah. not work out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this might all be a bad idea. Oh, boy. Well... Okay, well, uh, hopefully not. Um, but yeah. uh, why don't you? We'll talk about the things that you do that you might be wrong about, but probably aren't. I don't think. Um, uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and kind of what has all led you to where you are today with the U School? Yeah. Um, the sh- the shorter version. I went to college at University of San Diego to go into accounting. Hmm. Why? Uh, at the time, if you'd asked me, I, I would have said because that's what smart people do, or that's mm-hmm. what people who are going to be successful do. Yeah. And I came from a family of accountants and finance and bankers. Mm. So at some point in my teenage years, when I declared to my family, I'm going to go into accounting, there was an, a pretty instant feedback of, well, that's, wow, that's impressive. Good for mm. you. Yeah. No one worries about the kid, especially growing up in Orange County. No one worries mm. about the kid going into accounting. Yeah, and right. so that, that organized quite a few things in my life for a number of years. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Is it all going to work out? The, the yeah. answers were like, yes. Yeah. Um, but along the way, a few things happened, a few significant events. And one event was having to do with faith. In college, I bumped into a bunch of Christians who were hanging out with Jesus and, hmm. and very interested in a life of faith and a life of service, a life of impact. And I got caught up pretty quickly in a community, having come from a pretty, I'd call them an irreligious family, mm. who, uh, who all of a sudden was worried that I was being swept up in a cult because mm. they really didn't have much context for a campus ministry yeah. on a college campus. Um, so while I'm doing the whole accounting track, this whole leadership faith side of my life is really coming to its own. And yeah. I found myself through college really thinking about uh, ministry and, uh, theology and how do you influence people? How do you share ideas? How do you mentor? How do you speak? Those were things that were keeping me up and yeah. not, not accounting. And, yeah. and then a couple other significant events with my family and my parents' divorce mm. made me step back even kind of more broadly and think, what kind of person am I, am I turning into? Yeah. And I think I was really fortunate in that regard that I didn't go down a path that was quote unquote wrong for me, but uh, I had the opportunity to really reflect on who, who I am and what I believe in and the kind of person I wanted to become and, and what I wanted to do with my life. So I, I ended up uh, befuddling my parents and going into campus ministry, what turned into mm. 10 years with university. Yeah. And, and along the way, I mean, I, I look back and wonder what exactly was motivating me. Obviously, a huge part was faith and belief mm-hmm. and desire to make an impact. But mm-hmm. I also knew in that environment, I would, I would grow a lot. And I kept growing a lot. I couldn't yeah. think of other places where I would be more challenged, have bigger opportunities, mm. uh, and and be around people and be in a culture where personal growth and and leadership and integrity was so highly valued. Yeah, yeah. And then the, what led to U School? We we started this thing about six years ago, seven years ago, mm-hmm. and it was mostly out of an observation of seeing uh, college grads transition to life after college. Um, and, and not do well yeah. and not do well from a faith lens, but also just from a, a personal 
fulfillment, satisfaction, yeah. making a difference in the world. Um, they all said, uh, yeah, I don't really like what I do for a living. I don't really know what to do next. I'm still yeah. pretty lost about my identity. I, I'm not making an impact anywhere. And, yeah. and faith is, is still there, but it's not, it's not front and center. So yeah. that was the project of Usco. What if, what if there was a way, uh, you know, initially it was a hypothesis, but what, what if there was a way or process or a, a plan to take someone through that helped them get clear about who they are and their mm-hmm. identity and their purpose and, and how belonging is such a key vital function of, of well-being and, and living in this world. So, yeah, um, yeah, I were trying to yeah. help people transition well. That's great. Into life. Um, and uh, I was, I was just looking at your website, uh, this morning. Um, and one of the things that kind of stood out for me is you use the language of writing your story uh, a yeah. lot. Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's been a helpful lens. It's been a helpful lens. So we work a lot with teenagers mm-hmm. and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm an accounting major. So forgive me if I get science wrong, but <laughs> your bra- the way your brain develops around 13, 14 years old, you start for the first time having the ability to think abstractly and to think in third person. Mm. And so what we've found is especially the way school goes now, there's a ton of stress and pressure on teenagers in high school, middle school, mm. high school. And that stress and pressure in those years causes them to really think myopically and, and to just kind of go on auto response mm. and keep their head down. It just kind of, what's the next hour? What do I have to do next? When we think, you know, pulling the aperture um, much more broadly, looking at a higher level about your life mm-hmm. would be a really important thing to do. And so the context of story and that metaphor of looking yeah. at your life like a story has been useful yeah. for people yeah. to, to look at the big things and yeah. see trajectory and wonder and question. And so mm. uh, more than anything, it's, it's, it's been a helpful tool, but then there's, it turns out there's also quite a bit of good research and, mm-hmm. and uh, through things like narrative identity, narrative therapy, that have backed up why story and uh, is a useful thing, useful tool. Yeah. So, so what? So, tell us what exactly, like, what does U School do? Like, what do you? What kind of journey do you take people on, and how do they get involved, and what's the outcome at the end? What does that all look like? Yeah, there's there's a couple lenses to look at it. One is U School as a business, and U School as a business primarily is working in middle schools and high schools, okay. and the the term social emotional learning is is the biggest topic in education right now what what was that social emotional learning social emotional learning shorthand sel okay and the way i it really kind of popped up i'd say about three years ago almost like all of a sudden someone in the department of education said hey stop what you're doing we've been trying to increase test scores and graduation rates for like three decades now and we're seeing just like minuscule increases every year Mm. we're not seeing anything change but there's these small places, these little skunk work projects somewhere where, where adults are actually caring about kids. <laughs> hmm. They're actually doing things like listening to them and, hmm. and open up their lives with them. And we're seeing just extraordinary results. Like yeah. academic achievement goes up in, into the double digits. Uh, they're actually saving money because they don't need as much mental health uh, intervention or security. Uh, kids go to school more often. Yeah. And then uh, they graduate more often uh, on time. Yeah. So what we do as a business is position ourselves alongside a school to say, we're, we are your social-emotional partners because it's been poorly defined so far. 
Yeah. No one quite knows what it means. It mm. just means the inner life of a student. Mm. And so we have a series of uh, engagements and programs that we can work with on a school campus from all levels, admin yeah. to teachers yeah. and training teachers to parents and parent education, and then a number of programs with students. Yeah. But but that's, that's one lens. That's a business lens. Yeah. What do we actually do? Uh, we walk people through a process that is heavily bent on self-reflection, mm. guided self-reflection. We're, we're posing questions and prompts for someone to think about and to explore. And part of that process, in, in addition to self-reflection, is to have conversations, meaningful face-to-face conversations with the people that matter the most. Yeah. And in teenage years, particularly, that's your peers. That's how you, that's how you explore your identity is through mm-hmm. your peers, no longer your parents, but a p- parents are still a key part of that. So, uh, interactions with peers, interactions with family members, interactions with other healthy adults on mm. campus or coaches or youth pastors, yeah. we help structure those conversations. And then ultimately the questions that there's, you know, we might ask 400 questions and prompts to a student through a given program, but there's five key questions that that we really drill down and say, it's important that you answer these questions. Uh, what do you believe in? Who are you becoming? What's your mission? How are you going to contribute? And who do you belong to? Hmm. And those are identity purpose, belonging questions. And, uh, those questions can't necessarily, you you have to go through the process to get those answers, at least in a deeper, authentic way. Right. Um, Interesting, as, as you're describing it, uh, so you're, you're not a Christian organization, right? Right. right. Um, but um, you, um, I, like what you're describing to me sounds like certainly a personal formation. And mm-hmm. then I was thinking about Dallas Willard since you mentioned him. I think it's in Renovation of the Heart. He says, uh, everyone is formed spiritually, right? Period. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, in some way, right? And so in a sense... Yep. Uh, what you're doing is a kind of spiritual formation. That's right. Uh, get, would you, uh, you, so you concur, you agree? I mean, would you say more about yeah. that? Yeah, It's interesting because when we work in schools, we'll use like a slide presentation, for example, to talk about what we're trying to do and the outcomes that we're hoping to see in students. We just call them healthy adult outcomes. Hmm. And they're really common sense. It's uh, uh, to know your own values, to have a group of friends that you trust uh, to be able to resolve conflict, um, to be kind on the inside, <laughs> like yeah. naturally. Mm. And that's, that comes from renovation of the heart, divine conspiracy. Mm. So when we use that same presentation in a faith setting, like a private Christian school, a church, yeah. or a campus ministry, I just interchange that title of healthy adult outcomes to discipleship outcomes. Hmm. It's the same stuff. Yeah. So understanding what you believe in, living out your beliefs, having people that you lean on, <laughs> yeah. being clear about what your talents and strengths are, being kind on yeah. the inside, being able to yeah. resolve conflict. This is all the stuff we see in the life of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, so healthy adult, life of Jesus, it looks pretty similar to me when yeah. it's all said and done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It makes me also think about emotionally healthy spirituality. Uh, do you know yes. that one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which uh, is uh, just language for discipleship again. But yeah. And so I love, I love um, the idea of story. Um, mm-hmm. I love that this is formation. So, and just in terms of story, like um, 
you know, this, this that was really helpful for me when I was going through a really hard time. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to tell myself, this is just a chapter in my story, right? Yes. This is this is yep. not the end of my story. This is just a chapter. And yes. it'll be really interesting to see what the next chapter is. <laughs> you know, That's so helpful. Yeah. yeah. I, I use yeah. the term ep- episodic thinking episode. Mm. You're in an episode. Yeah, and, right. And it's it's unfolding. So uh, that actually really helps. I, it helped you. It, that helps me. I think that helps teenagers as they're going through yeah. difficult things. Yeah. Even through finals week. Like this is just an episode. Yeah, right. This is not the story. So right. that right. helps give context and, and builds resilience. And okay, yeah. I can handle this because it's yeah. going to end soon. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. The other thing at, uh, that I started to do is when I did ex- uh, approach something that, you know, uh, might make me nervous or create some anxiety. I I started just thinking in terms of well, it's in my future, and then it'll be in my past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, great. Um, uh, so uh, how well, I want to ask a little bit about your own formation. Like, how have has uh, and you shared a little bit about this already? But how has mm-hmm. God formed you in preparation for U school, and then? Also, how has God been forming you personally as you've been leading youth school? Yeah, great question. Um, I don't know where this came from. Obviously, books and reading and mentors, but mm. I have a pretty deeply formed belief that uh, the influence of my life is going to flow from who I am. And the way we train, for example, facilitators of ours, It's mm-hmm. this is about you. This is about you first. And you have to have gone through this work yourself. Hmm. And back to me in college with my parents going through divorce and Hmm. all of a sudden rethinking my entire future. Those kinds of questions have just always been really live for me. Uh, I've had a lot of curiosity. I've always had a desire to become more self-aware and to come across uh, with integrity and sincerity and authenticity. Um, So I think there's, there's just been some hardwired anchors into my own life. Yeah. I just ha- I have to be sincere in, in all this. I have to go first. I have yeah. to do the, the inner work. And I think the, the great privilege of my life has been being around some like closest friends who also have been on that inner journey. Yeah. And so it, it wasn't weird. It's yeah. just what you do. It's just yeah. what we do. And to be married to a woman that, uh, if we're not talking about the deep things that she's no interest in it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, to have a few cl- deeply close friends, my wife, and then a few uh, very significant spiritual guides, directors, mentors throughout those yeah. years hmm. that can point out some things to me yeah. and name some things. Yeah. And um, and then an extraordinary amount of reading <laughs> for yeah. the, the deeper kinds of people like Richard Rohr and Henry Nouwen yeah. and Thomas Merton and those, those sorts of people. I've just always been drawn to the contemplative stream. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and journaling and my own practices of meditation. And yeah. so it's just constantly going on. And then I think when I had kids, now it became even more serious yeah. because they're watching me and I want, I want them to look at my life and, and want to copy it. Yeah. Um, so in terms of my character and it was, was dad patient? Was he generous? Was he compassionate? Right. Was he kind? Um, uh, all of those things just feel like live issues to me all the time. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And so, and has like, how have you been formed since starting U School? Have there been new things or new ideas or new ways of understanding God and 
people and yourself? Yeah, partially it's the entrepreneur journey. Mm. So I still call us a startup six and a half <laughs> years in. And it's interesting because the 10 years prior, I raised support at fundraising mm. for a campus ministry. Uh-huh. And that seemed at the time radical. And yeah. you had to be so dependent on God following through on your yeah. dreams and desires. And always felt like you had to hold a posture of surrender because yeah. I couldn't control people's donations or generosity. The U school journey feels like that times 10. Yeah. Um, because it feels even less in my control mm. if people respond, if budgets come through, mm-hmm. if this whole thing works or not, if people yeah. want to have repeat business. And so that is, I think, constant surrender, constant, yeah. like daily. Oh my gosh, I gave it my all. It didn't work out. <laughs> it might not work. Yeah. They reject us. Um, and so yeah. I think in the surrender side of things, yeah. that's been huge. And then yeah. because we're not a faith community or sorry, a faith business, yeah. a, a Christian business, it's put me in conversations and, and close relationships with people that in 10 years of parachurch ministry, I wasn't around. Mm. And so to be now pretty heavily into like, I just call it like the mindfulness thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the, the whole, the contemplative stream that's outside the church, mm. the folks that care about the deeper inner journey and um, where previously in my previous life, 10 years ago, I would have been like, whoa, you don't hang out with those people. You mm. try to evangelize those people. <laughs> you try right. to change their minds. And now I'm like, man, they might actually be writer <laughs> than I was, or most of my friends right. are. There's something that they understand. Um, I've got the privilege to work in military communities. And um, there's just the cultures that I wasn't exposed to before that yeah. have opened my eyes and opened up yeah. my heart. And yeah. I feel, quite frankly, more at home in those communities now than I do in, let's say, church communities. Wow. Wow. Um, You mentioned military. Just briefly, tell us what you do with military. Um, Well, ironically, it's the same stuff we do with teenagers. I don't tell Mm. them that in the front ends. Uh (laughs) Hey, we're going to take you through a (laughs) program we designed for kids, Uh, usually afterwards. But those five big questions I look at as transition questions. And uh, again, back with when you're going through transition of high school years, it's the same as when you're transitioning out of the military. Mm. Uh, everything becomes overwhelming. Stress mm-hmm. and pressure goes up. My viewpoint goes down. And, uh, and now I'm being asked to make pretty serious decisions about where I work, where I live, who I live with, yeah. how I behave, how I serve. And you're not equipped to make those decisions. Well, it's mostly yeah. hope this all works out. Yeah. I, you know, I just need, know I need to pay the bills. And so yeah. we take yeah. them through the same exact process. Yeah. And it's really ideal for veterans who are transitioning out, whether they're maybe a year from separating from service or they just have yeah. uh, transitioned out. And because yeah. their engagement is high, their anxiety is high. And we like we like to work with people who are in anxiety yeah. who are yeah. in transition. So we work with a number of veteran organizations okay. um, ranging from uh, a, a veteran service organization that does disaster relief work called team Rubicon mm-hmm. uh, to a couple of programs that work mostly with Navy SEALs who are transitioning. So we get yeah. to see the gamut from wow. different branches, different, uh, different backgrounds, different skill sets, different personalities. Yeah. Very cool. And, you know, I think I mentioned this to you uh, right after it happened a couple of years ago. Um, I went to visit a friend of mine who was like an IT guy 
at some organization that worked with the military uh, up by LAX, and it was okay. called Team Rubicon. Yeah, and uh, and right. he introduced me to his his boss, and his boss was telling me all about what they do. And he's like, and we just got connected with this organization called U School, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 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 what U School? I was like, I, I know Scott Schimmel. I was just at a friend's birthday party with him, yeah. <laughs> you know, last week or Small whatever it was. World. Yeah. Anyway, so it was pretty pretty amazing. Um, pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Well, um. Uh, before we finish, any, um, maybe any stories, cool stories of transformation that you have that you've seen over the years? I mean, yes and no. Yeah. Yes. Um, but a lot of the work we do is a little bit more at distance from Mm. people's stories now. And that's a little bit different than the work I used to do in ministry. Okay. Um, smaller communities. So a lot of my work is flying in. Uh, training, speaking, getting things set up, and then flying out. Yeah. And so I don't get as much of the personal impact stories oh, anymore. Okay. So it's it's really fun though when I get to hear them, yeah. and and I actually feel more satisfied. <laughs> I think that's the way I'm uh-huh. wired. Uh-huh. I am more deeply satisfied when I wasn't a part of it than mm-hmm. if I was directly. So, for example, those folks at Team Rubicon, I get to hear stories later, months later, mm-hmm. weeks later, about. Uh, how they're using some of our programs and the stories of transformation in in their lives. And I wasn't there. That's right. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's the way I'm wired. Um, Uh and and maybe that's, uh, but you got to be a part of something bigger that was happening there. Yeah. 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 So the stories of transformation now are usually the folks that I work with, the folks that I invest in, the, okay. we call them guides. Hmm. And it's the continuing ongoing work of life together yeah. and seeing how these deeper questions and reflection and honesty and vulnerability work yeah. with us. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I love hearing, I mean, there's been significant stories of students have changed complete directions of their lives. Yeah. Uh, students, uh, even yesterday I was with a group of students at USD and, uh, a young woman was just realizing that she is creative and uh, has always been creative, except there's this one interaction she had with her mom when she was little. Mm. And her mom just shut her down one day mm. and said, stop doing that. Stop singing all the times. And mm. she's not sang ever since. Wow. And so she literally said, I've never, I have not thought about that in years, mm. but I need to tap into that again. So I love wow. those kinds of moments. Yes. Um, and then certainly yeah. hearing, particularly on the veteran front, the veterans yeah. who've decided not to end their lives mm, because now yeah. they have hope and a vision yeah. for the future yeah. and people they can lean on. And I yeah. mean, that's, that's hard to wrap your mind around. That's awesome. Uh, well, I know that you have to get to a meeting with the principal this morning. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> and so, uh, how can people find out more about you and about you school, any resources you can point people mm-hmm. toward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the website's easiest, the com, And then, our commitment is to put out relevant resources in an ongoing way. So we have a podcast and, and uh, it's really focused on parents and education and teachers and raising up healthy adults. Okay. And uh, so weekly we're putting out um, different resources for parents. Things, okay. some of them are really simple. Like, so you've got your kids on a, uh, around the dinner table. What do you talk about? That could be a more mm. significant conversation. That's yeah. like, kind of the low end front to um, you're a teacher and how do you create an environment in a classroom where kids can be themselves? Hmm. And um, so PDF kind of stuff, eBooks, wow, downloads, 
Um, and then we've kept site. Yeah. And, yeah. and what's, and what's the name of the podcast? So people can search it's it. The U school podcast. Why U school podcast. School. Yeah. Okay, cool. And there's a bunch of digital programs, uh, on our website as well. Um, okay. for folks in transition, there's, uh, parenting courses. There's courses around your identity. Uh, there's one called backstory. We have a college essay course that's being launched next week. So okay. we're again, you school is the place to go to figure out who you are and get what you need to live awesome. out your life. And so we're hoping that the website serves in that fashion. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks Scott. Yeah. Thank you. It's really cool to hear about all the stuff that you're doing at you school and, uh, the way that really people's lives uh, are being transformed, even if you don't get to see personally the outcome, uh, but just, uh, uh, getting to be a part of that. So anyway, super cool. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful that you were able to be here with us today. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, buddy. I think one of the best insights for me personally uh, is what Scott said about episodic thinking. And I suppose it resonates with me because uh, in order for me to survive a really difficult season in my life, I had to remind myself that what I was going through was just an episode. It was not the end of my story. Uh, and so I love the idea of viewing your life as a story. That can be so helpful, right? That your life has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the reality is that all of us are really just in the middle of our stories. And who knows what's coming next? It could be fantastic. That perspective on our lives is incredibly liberating and I think frees us from a ton of unnecessary anxiety. And I think what it also does is whether you recognize it or not is, is it acknowledges that there is an author to our story. Someone is writing our story. Right? It means that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. It means that we belong to someone who is bigger than ourselves. Well, if you would like to connect with Scott and The U School, you can visit their website at www.theuschool.org. You can also find them on Twitter and Instagram, and they have some great videos on Vimeo. I invite you to check uh, those out, and I'll include links to all of those in the show notes. Well, thanks again so much for listening. Uh, If you have found this podcast to be valuable to you, I would love it if you would leave a positive review on it. Apple Podcasts, of course, honest reviews are uh, most appreciated. Uh, Leaving a review will help make spiritual life and leadership more findable for others who might also be blessed by this podcast. Well, thanks so much, and I will see you next time here on Spiritual Life and Leadership.